Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. Now, for those of you just joining us for the first time on Mama's Pearls, basically, Mama's Pearls is a new family brand that that consists of a weekly blog, which I write and usually post on Tuesdays, and then we do this radio show, which broadcasts live here on Wednesdays, usually on Wednesdays. I, I know I have a little bit of a floating schedule. And then is the week is followed up and, um, and continued with my best friend Melissa's M-Gems. And M-Gems are basically the weekly takeaways from the topic. So I usually start the conversation on Mama's Pearls on Facebook. And I had people guessing this week about which which way I was going to go, and um, and it was really really fun fun for me to do so. So if you're just tuning in, you can find us on Facebook. The fan page is Mama's Pearls. You can find me on Twitter at Cintweet, and you can always email me at Cynthia at Mama's Pearls dot com, and that's M O M M A S. P-E-A-R-L-S. Now, last week, I had the distinct privilege and honor of introducing you all to um, to someone who has been very, very close to me and just a very important part of my life, and her name is Lauren Simon. And Lauren and her husband, Stephen, who I've known and worked for and basically launched my career in the spiritual entertainment space, um, are really a beautiful and unique couple, to say the least. Now, Last week's show is called Mother's Joy, and the pearl of the week was Enjoy the Boy. Now, as much as I love and adore Lauren, she's also a master at helping pull people out of um, of whatever blocks that they have and whatever emptiness they're, they're feeling and helping them to pursue and live the life of their dreams. I mean, so many of us get wrapped up in the day-to-day busyness that the more busy we become and fill up our schedules, the emptier we feel inside. And Lauren really helps people dive into that void and discover why the void is created in the first place. And a lot of times it goes down to deeper um, deeper wounds, psychological and trauma. And there's my sister's cat saying hi to everybody here at Mama's Pearls. And, um, and she helps you work through it and come out on top and willing to stay forward. And we really talked about how the void has been getting a bad rap. And it's been something that's been seen if there's an empty space in our lives that we have to really try and fill it, whether it's in our personal lives or in our home, physically in our home. If you have an empty room, you're going to want to fill it with furniture. And we we were focusing on how to fill it with purpose and meaning and be conscious in, in 
taking your steps to do it and what you're bringing into your space and what you're filling yourself with. And there are healthy ways to do it, and then there are not so healthy ways to do it. So I really do hope that you um, that you check out last week's show, Mother's Joy, which can be found in the archives at Blog Talk Radio dot com slash mama's pearls as well as really check out who Lauren Simon is besides having all these wonderful um, wonderful antics to to helping you fulfill the dream she also writes a really wonderful blog called the spirit of living well and she's also doing the foodie goes goes vegan project which has just been hysterical to um, to follow and to read and she does come up with really scrumptious looking recipes on it also so I encourage encourage you to um, to look up Lauren at www.spiritoflivingwell.com. And she's also a, a very featured presence on intent.com. So keeping up with the tradition here at this month of Mama's Pearls, we are celebrating what it really means to be a mother in honor of Mother's Day, which we all learned a couple of weeks ago. Mother's Day was founded by, at least in this country, the United States, was founded by Anna Jarvis, who herself was not a mother, and she was not married, but she founded Mother's Day in honor um, of her mother who had passed away, and it wasn't until Woodrow Wilson signed it off that it actually became established as a national holiday here in the United States. Mother's Day is celebrated around the world at various various days and time, which is why we are taking this month-long celebration in honor of Mother, Mother's Day in case yours happened to fall <laughs> this week. And honestly, you know, why not? The, our life and journey here on this earth beginning, begins... Um, <laughs> I was always going to say begin and ends with the mom, but it definitely starts with, with your mother. And it's something that we need to feel grateful for and honor, whether or not we still have a continued relationship with a mother um, and a continued healthy relationship with a mother. We've talked many times here that it's never too late to reestablish your connection or whether your mother is here or has passed on. And, um, and there are also so many mothers who are, who are walking around and not even realizing that they are mothers. And I don't mean that they've slipped out and had a baby and, oops, I didn't know I was pregnant. I mean that we as women give birth to so many things during our lifetime, time and time again, without even really knowing it. And the core traits of being a mom and being a mother is not necessarily about having a biological child. And in this week's blog, we talk about that a little bit further. In this week's topic, we're talking about Mother Teresa, who is probably the quintessential example of not having biological children, but you but nobody would argue that she had millions of children around the world. The pearl of this week is simple wish, others bliss. And the other woman who, amazingly strong, powerful women, who automatically came to mind when I was thinking about the concept for the show of, um, of being a mother but not being a biological mother is Oprah Winfrey, who has said the pearl that biology is the least of what makes someone a mother. So this week we're exploring about what really does make somebody a mother 
as well as focusing on the the women and men, but mainly women, because this is this is Mother's Month, and next week, next month in June, we're going to be focusing completely on the guys, in honor of uh, Father's Day and Father's Month, and um, and this week we're focusing on the women who have stepped up and claimed their motherhood, um, not necessarily through having biological children, but through founding and being passionate about humanitarian causes, and um, and so if you know somebody that you want to champion and bring into the space here at Mama's Pearls, please do call in. Our number here is 347-327-9450. And the interesting thing when I was researching about Mother Teresa was, yes, she was a Nobel Peace Prize winner and she won many other awards throughout her lifetime, was she was born um, in Albania and her father died when she was either seven or eight years old. There's, um, there's conflicting data out there. And when her father died, I think it really probably switched something in her. And she was really born at a time where she was seeing so many, she was born into a situation where she was seeing strife and, and genocide and people really being cast aside um, just by being born into and under a certain um, religion. And she left for the priesthood when she was 12 years old. And supposedly she heard a calling and she went to answer it. And when she was in her monastery, she basically um, didn't want to just be inside her nunnery. She asked for special permission to actually go out into the fields. And I think everybody knows her story where she became um, known as Mother Teresa for her work in Calcutta and really putting herself in the slums. And in the slums, she really, you know, for her first year there was a bit tortured about what she was seeing and battling with her own struggle um, of hunger and of walking for miles and miles to try and find a home uh, to spend the night or even to take a rest. And she really immersed herself into uh, the level of the poverty of living that was being lived by thousands and thousands of people. And she could have easily turned back and head back to her monastery and the comforts of her monastery. And she decided to stay. She decided to stay and, and follow, in her mind, the will of God and, and put that trust over to that that she would be provided for. And that was just the start of her journey. She, she stayed primarily in Calcutta, and she basically went and was a mother to countless thousands of children who everybody else turned away. Nobody else wanted to deal with the lepers and the termini terminally ill, and that's where she felt she was most needed to go and serve. And that's, the, you know, having that in your mind as this is what I need to do and go take care of everybody else who um, nobody else wants to take a look at and is just casting aside on the streets to die, there are maybe one in a million people who would, <laughs> would voluntarily choose that life. And... Um, 
when I was really thinking about her and thinking about this woman that I met a couple of weeks ago at a really beautiful event here in Long Island, um, I knew I wanted to bring her into the conversation. A couple of weeks ago, there was um, there was an event that was that was sponsored by the Long Island Press, which is a, a publication here in Long Island, and it featured um, one of the writers for the for the magazine, Beverly Fortune. It featured the women that she featured consistently in her columns at the Long Island Press. And she features one woman a week, so that's 52 women throughout the year, and then they have quarterly events to honor the women that they that they feature in it. And the event is called Fortune 52, and that's also the name of the, the column by um, Beverly Johnson. And when I was at the event, I, was, I met this woman named Jamie Rapvogel, who is working and co-founded the branch here on Long Island of the organization called Birthday Wishes. And it's so simple in its thought because every child should share a birthday, but it's so magnanimous in its effect on these children that to me, especially with my son's birthday, which is coming up right around the corner and I'm I'm in the midst of planning it, it couldn't have been more perfect of a space to really stop and honor the role of the mother in wanting your child to celebrate their life and the birth of their life and their birthday. So it was such a powerful evening. And when I met Jamie, I just knew that I wanted her to be a part of the Mama's Pearls community, and I wanted to introduce you all to her. And Jamie has worked um, part-time as a therapist to young women and girls at the Stacey Levitt Mind and Body, Inc. And Jamie founded the Long Island branch of the nonprofit organization called Birthday Wishes. She read about this organization that fulfills a very simple wish, and that is to provide homeless children with the opportunity to celebrate their birthdays. And now her, her mother, and her two beautiful twin daughters are active participants in helping hundreds of children on Long Island. So I am very grateful and honored to introduce Jamie Rapvogel to Mama's Pearls. Jamie, are you with us? I'm here. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. And can you just tell us a little bit about the um, the process by which you even discovered birthday wishes? Sure. I actually was um, just looking at it through a magazine, and I read an article about birthday wishes, which was which was started in Massachusetts about seven years ago. And it described, you know, three friends who started this organization uh, where they provide birthday parties to homeless children in Massachusetts. And what caught my eye was that it was something that they did with their children. And it's very hard. I've always tried to incorporate in my kids community service, but to find something that they can do with you is very difficult. So I contacted uh, the Massachusetts branch and just at the – coincidentally at the moment that they were thinking about expanding and – you know, through them, we, my mom and I went, we trained with them, and we um, decided to start the Long Island branch. And with the help of my daughters and my son and my husband, and you know, we've, we've started it here on Long Island. I think that's that's amazing, and I think it's something that when we when we feel to when we feel 
any sort of call, whether large or small, to um, to be in service to your community. Um, I love that you started local, and I love that you are engaging and your entire family is supporting and um, participating in it. And I think that exactly what you said is right, that it is hard to find something to do with your children and with your entire family that is in service to another. Usually it would be just one parent or the other or even the child going off and doing their own um, their own activities or community service. And you found a way to have families go in and celebrate with other families um, basically the magic of, of a child's birthday. Now, are birthdays a big thing in, in your family? Birthdays have always been a big thing and we've always been a family who, you know, I, I've always liked to do birthday parties in the house and you know, really been the kind of hands-on mom that we, you know, we we do kind of, you know, scavenger hunts and tea parties, and we've always done things, you know, that we've done most of it. So yeah, they've always been fun, and they've always been, you know, a great source of celebration. That's so cute, and and to me, like. Okay, so basically growing up with my family, like our birthdays were scattered out enough that we we didn't just do it a birthday. We basically did whatever our birth month was. It was like a month-long celebration of our birthdays. So mine was around Halloween, so Halloween kicked it off, and my sister share, used to share that holiday, and then I got like November, um, and it was and it, and it was like that. It was a month-long celebration of, of my birthday. Um, now that our families have expanded and more people are coming in, it's sort of crowding out mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our spaces here. So it's, it's, um, it's getting more to like just a week. But birthday, birthdays are huge. And um, I think, you know, people get so enraptured with um you know, it's different when you're talking about the parent versus the child, but they get so taken with, oh, my God, I'm getting older, versus really like, no, you're not. You're just living, you're living more. You're, you're opening your arms to another experience. You have another opportunity for another magical year on this, on this planet. Like, celebrate it. Enjoy it. Exactly. Um, own it. And, um, and can you tell us a little bit about, like, the, the epidemic of homelessness on Long Island? What I know of it, sure. You know, it's it's funny because you live here on Long Island and you think that everybody, you know, everybody has a place to live and you don't see it on the street corners uh, in the city. And I've always, I'm not a city person, but whenever I go into the city, I, I am struck by people who, who um, you know, who are homeless and, and it's so in your face there. But it's not like that here. Um, it is definitely a big problem on Long Island. There are thousands of homeless people on Long Island. Two-thirds of them are families, and 50% of the homeless are children. In different than Massachusetts, um, a lot of the homeless shelters here for families are, uh, you know, much, uh, they're small houses, and they house, you know, 8, 10, 12 families. And they're really very different than you would imagine. They're, they're very nice houses, and, um, you know, so... But most, most, you know, most of the families seem to live in those shelters. Where, where is like the primary, primary um, segment of homeless, homeless children? And, and just to back up, there's, there's a ton of information through www.birthdaywishes.org that gives you statistics and numbers and, um, and a real breakdown. Um, an insight into the homeless issue on Long Island, and it's pretty—it's pretty astonishing. It really is. 
astonishing, and it is a global, um, well, local at least in our case, but it's obviously homelessness around the world is a global concern, but in your local area, it is a huge concern. Um, One of the things that I'm always struck by when reading, like, these types of reports and research is that how it translates into, like, economic impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, we, re- we really, in, in our society and as being people, are, are designated with a number about, um, you know, how much money we can contribute into the system. And um, they basically estimate that New York loss in lifetime earnings is about $925 million, and that's just from people being homeless. So there, there is a societal and, you know, obviously statewide um, motivation for, for getting people on their feet and, and out of and off the streets and either into shelters or, or to become home, homeowners of their own, mm-hmm. you know, one for the, for the economic security of, of our state as well as for them. But really on a personal level, it's, you know, I, I think the world's problems would be so much easier if everybody had um, their basic necessities met and, you know, food, shelter, um, food, shelter. I'll put clothing in there, but not designer, and, and water, <laughs> you know. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah, and, um, but at the, the basic fundamental right of not being able to, to celebrate your, your birthday in a manner that is celebratory because there must be a, an ongoing psychological um, factor, and that's also something that's talked on, on the website a lot, is about the, um, the inability for these children, particularly the children, um, to live happy, health, healthy, and fulfilling lives stems from, you know, their being homeless and just having that emotional, emotional trauma at a very, very young age when it's not their fault. Exactly, and that's the key piece is that they didn't ask to be homeless. And there is no nothing extra in these parents' lives to, to do anything like birthdays. And you don't even think about it. When you think about homelessness, like what, you know, did these children really get very little? Right. So what do you do with your organization? Okay. What what happened was when I, when I signed up with Massachusetts, they said, okay, now you have to find a homeless shelter that will have you. So I started right. researching <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. I found Community Housing Innovations, which houses a large number of the, of the Long Island homeless. And they are, um, they are a 501c3 charitable organization. They work and they, they have 14 shelters on Long Island. They also have the next stage of housing, which is um, more permanent housing where just people who have managed to get on their feet, you know, they, they have caseworkers that help, help the people in their shelters. But they really can't afford, you know, subsidized housing. So I've also worked with, with those people. Um, so Community Housing Innovations, I found them, and I was introduced to their director, of Rosemary Delo, who is just the most inspiring woman. And she said, please, come do this. And so, um, so we, we work with 14 shelters. They span Long Island. Most of them are in Suffolk County, although some in Nassau. Mm-hmm. And what we do is currently we hold two birthday parties a month. So we have two shelters that we work with where – um, the second Tuesday of every month, we go in there, and like birthday fairies, we throw this huge party for whatever child's birthday it is. And if there's no birthday, we still come, so they, they, you know, they depend on us. And uh, through, you know, with goodie bags and a craft and games and dancing and, of course, presents and cake, we have the actual party. 
um, the other 12 shelters, as well as the permanent, the semi-permanent housing, we deliver birthday boxes. So we make, I'm looking at one right now, we make this beautifully wrapped box filled with everything that the child needs. It has the same craft. It has the same goodie bags for all the kids in the house. It has toys, plates, Thanks. juice boxes, everything for somebody to throw a party. The goal there is that either the caseworker in the house or preferably even the parent could throw the party for them in the shelter, and we deliver that on their birthdays. Um, and, you know, that from a role model perspective, hopefully we're teaching these moms the, what they can do for their child. Right. Well, it's not only what they what they can do. It's, you know, when you start throwing a birthday party and even everything that you were just saying, getting the crafts, getting the toys, getting the plates, getting the juice boxes, which is, you know, obviously something you have to have, especially with young children, that all costs money. Um, by the time you're done, just setting setting up your house to host a birthday party can cost a couple of hundred dollars. Sure. So, so you know, having the basic tools just to even, you know, even if you wanted to do the simplest food is, you know, order pizza or doing beans and rice or something that doesn't cost a lot of money, it still costs money to do it. And these people aren't able, even able yet to pay and afford a home to live in. So um, that little bit extra and the end um, that you do to make it a celebration and to let them know that they are remembered is to me like the quintessential part of being a mother and and what that means to really have like that spirit of giving and wanting to to nurture and celebrate children yes and I, I will also add to you that the biggest piece of this is that these kids feel like nobody cares about them they're really lost right. and when I walk in there whether it's to deliver a box or for a birthday party and uh, you mentioned that I have uh, twin girls so I walk in there with my 13 year old daughters and any friends that they grab or my or my 16 year old son and you know, and also my friends, so we walk in and we sit down and we play with them and we do with them. The attention, I think, is almost more important for them than the gifts that they're receiving. The fact that, that we right. care enough about them to be there means so much to them, and the reception we get is priceless. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even talk about the, the gift part. It's just kind of like an, an afterthought, and it's another symbolic way to remember that the birthday boy or the birthday girl is the center of attention. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we've become very just route about it with our presence um, that it's, oh, it's a birthday. Oh, I got to go get another present. Oh, I, I got like, you know, 12 kids in the class, and, you know, that means 12 presents, which is X amount of dollars, and we get so you know, moved away from the heart of it is like, no, well, you know, even with or without a present or make something or bring something simple, it really is about putting the birthday boy or the birthday girl in the center of attention. And I personally don't think it should end at any age. <laughs> you know, I hope, I hope to be celebrating major, major, big time, you know, all throughout my life, my, my birthdays, and one day do like an Oprah-style 50th birthday party. Um you know, Oprah's like the queen of parties. But um, there is something very, very true and pure about that. Now, now, where do you get the stuff from that you go in and deliver your birthday boxes? Is it all through donations, or are you doing this all on your own? Both, um, both. We, we 
through through all this wonderful publicity and thank you again for inviting us we've gotten we've gotten Absolutely. known out there so i do get a lot of donations um it's funny my brother owns a car wash in smithtown and i put a box there you know with an in, with a description of what we do he gets people handing him money he gets people dropping off presents they just it appeals to people because it goes directly to the kids so through donations i have a basement filled with toys <laughs> um, as, as well as, you know, because think about what you just said before. You have a birthday party for your child, and they get 20, 30 presents. By the time they're ra- unwrapping them, there's still some that they forget to unwrap because it's so meaningless because right. there's so much. Right. People right. can just take one of those presents and donate, and it goes to a kid who gets nothing. So, uh, yeah, so a combination of donations and whatever we can do, you know, is, is how we put this together. And I and I know um, my best friend Melissa is listening and taking notes about um, what's going to be in the M gems, and I think that's that's one to highlight is that, um, and it's something that we started to do in our family, which is for every birthday and holiday where there's presents exchange, mm-hmm. at least one present that the that your child receives. Um, I, I usually don't receive presents anymore, but for my children, <laughs> um, you know, once you do reach a certain age. Um, that for my children where, like you said, there's, you know, 10 to 20, 30 presents and laying around the floor that to donate one of those, one of those presents. Now, sure. um, obviously, I would love to create a funnel where we are donating it towards um, birthday wishes. Is there anything in particular that you love to give and that's a, that's a really successful gift on your end? And is there something that you, that you are not allowed to give? I mean, I saw a couple of guidelines on the website, but, but what from your experience, is like the most favorite? We don't give candy, so that makes it difficult for the goodie bags and all that. It has to be all toys. Um, It depends on the age. You know, it's funny. I'll say, what what does your child want or need? And sometimes you'll get, I mean, the most powerful to me was the mother of the one-year-old who said, oh, he's just starting to walk and he has no shoes. You know, so you have the needs, and which, of course, we always fill, but then we have to also give wants. So for the little ones, it's all about Spider-Man and world wrestling, and Dora the Explorer is popular. Um, you know, but everybody likes different things, and we do birth to 18. So it, it's, it's very taxing. We try to find what they want. We try to find out what they want, or we just try and be creative. Um, but back to what you said before about taking one of your child's toys mm-hmm. from their, their gifts from their birthday Think about how powerful that is for your child just to say, okay, you've got all this stuff. Just pick one thing that you want to give to somebody who's not as lucky as you. And that little moment that you do just helps your child realize that the world is bigger and not as lucky as he is. Right. And it's not not all about – while it's all about them on their birthday, mm-hmm. it's still a remembrance that they are the lucky ones. They're the center of attention of my world. Um, but – we do have an obligation to also care for all the other children who are out there. Um, and like you said, not as lucky and fortunate as, as our children. I think, um, I think kids today, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I look at them and some of them have this awareness and some of them don't about um, when they look and they see other, other children or when they hear of um, community works, and particularly like the, um, the, the teenage 
the teenagers of this generation seem to be a little bit more in tune with um, with wanting to also do community service. And I don't know if it's the, the green movement or if it's because every Hollywood celebrity out there now seems to have a nonprofit or a cause that they're a champion. But I, I see it as a really, really good positive thing as long as we also mind the balance between creating the void and um, keep ourselves centered in it. But, you know, one of the things that I was really impressed when I met your, your daughters was um, not only that they were committed to birthday wishes, but you were saying that they also had, before you even stepped into the space, that they were already working on an organization of their own. Yes. Uh, when they were younger with their friends, in, in elementary school, they started an organization called Let's Make a Difference with, with a bunch of their friends. They did lots of things to raise money. They picked a couple of charities that touched home, and they they tried to do things to um, to give to give uh, to these charities. And so it only fit, fit that for them that they continued into this. And it's, it's an amazing thing because they'll tell you that they, they've changed some of their friends' lives by their friends, you know, really being exposed to this. And they bring these girls, and the girls are like, oh, my God, I have to come every time. This is the best experience. And they, they really – my friend asked me today if it's sad. And I said maybe for the adults it's sad when we go into these shelters because we see all the things that are lacking. But for my kids or the kids that they bring, all they see is that they bring such joy to these kids that they find it right. to be the, the funnest hour. They just really enjoy the time with the, with the, you know, celebrating the parties and planning it and doing it. And, you know, everybody here bakes cakes and wraps, wraps boxes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, who does the cakes? <laughs> Because <laughs> even just doing the cakes and cupcakes and cookies for one party is a ton of work. So do you do all the cakes, like, in your kitchen? Um, well, with, uh, through Beverly Fortune, uh, she introduced me to the Taste of Home Bakery, and they do the cakes for my parties. So for the parties, we now get these really beautiful cakes that they make. The, for the birthday boxes, yeah, we bake a lot of cakes. <laughs> Um, oh I'm just starting now to post on the website each month, um, the Birthday Wishes website, what we need. So hopefully that will inspire other people because then people say right. they want to volunteer but they don't have money. Well, just bake a cake. Right. You know, I can even give right. you a cake mix. And that's an easy way and a project you can do with your four-year-old child is, you know. Right. So, yeah. But we do bake a lot, but we hope to have other people help with that too. <laughs> Right, and I'll I'm just getting say, good at it, though. <laughs> that, yeah, you must be like, you know, giving Betty Crocker a run for her money. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure you also now, with allergies and everything, that there, there's probably like a specific cake that you have to, that you have to do, right? Um, no, we ask, when, we ask the, the shelter if there's the any families. allergies. But you know, we try and just stick with the vanilla cake with vanilla frosting or chocolate frosting. Right. Um, yeah, so it's fine. And it's funny that you say that with um with just, you know, whether to donate money because um and when I was writing this week's blog I was remembering of a personal experience that, that happened with me when I was in college. And it's really funny but it's also really kinda sad. Um during during college I was in a sorority and it was Greek week and um during Greek week a bunch you know, aside from all like whatever activities, I don't even remember, but um but we had to raise money for the um the charity of choice which in that during that time was um i believe it was a special no it definitely was a special of special olympics and um how they wanted us to to raise the money was to go out into the street and pretty much do canning 
And I was not really into that. I, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the whole feeling of standing with the can and knocking on people's car windows and asking for money. So I pretty much, I left and I, like after an hour I just left, I maybe collected like a dollar or two or two and change. And I, instead of standing out there and really getting into the spirit and feeling, you know, that I'm doing this for a good cause, I did what any, any like noble person would do and I just wrote a check for the amount that I was supposed to raise, whether it was like 50 or $70 or whatever. And, um, and I gave my check and then, you know, I was fine. I, I met my number. I was going toward good cause. And much to my horror, my check bounced. Oh. And, okay. So I bounced a check to the Special Olympics. And it remains, like, to date, like, I think one of maybe three checks I bounced, I bounced in my lifetime to the Special Olympics. And... One, like, I thought it was hysterical, because it is, you know. Come on, if you write a check and it's supposed to be humanitarian, like, you know, it's not supposed to bounce. And um, and then, two, like, when I was rewriting the check, because I was just horrified, um, it really struck me then that it's not just about writing the check, and I completely missed the entire spirit of what, you know, what we were doing. Um, it still didn't mean that I wanted to go out there and ask other people for, for money by canning on the streets because for me that kind of felt like, um, like, you know, like being a homeless person. Like you said, when you go into the city and you're driving around Manhattan, people are constantly knocking on your windows um, and asking for money. And, you know, if you were like me, if you had some parents that would like, <laughs> you know, hit the windshield wipers and not, and not want to be bothered. Um, and it had, that had a profound effect on me then about, well, what does it really mean to give and to participate in a fundraiser? And um, it's not just about writing the checks, although the money helps. You do need money, like you said, and your organization is to buy supplies and to, keep, you know, to sustain it, and you also have administrative costs and, and all that other kind of things. That it really, what does it mean to step into something and commit to it yourself um, and do something of service and to bake a cake or pick out a gift or donate one of your presents or your time. And it's not, again, the end act as much as it is. Also, they have the attention in your minds and in your heart um, to focus it on someone outside of yourself and to be in service and to answer and um, make somebody else's wish come true. Just being in that space I find when I do talk to people who are very philanthropic and do a lot of volunteer work, that that's where the true spirit of giving comes pouring through. And it's like it, it almost becomes its own addiction that once people start, they don't want to stop. Interesting. You know, it's funny. My mother, who, you know, when I, when I decided to do this, I grabbed her because she taught me through, you know, all the, from, from marching with Martin Luther King as a young child on up to, to do this stuff. But her favorite part of this whole thing is she drives all over Long Island delivering these boxes because she mm -hmm. loves the feeling of the face-to-face -face with these kids who come running out to right. her, and they're so appreciative, and it, and it feels good. Yeah, it definitely feels good. And, um, and it's also an interesting thing, though, is, is that truly a selfless act? When we're doing something to help others, it helps ourselves. Sure. Um, and but I I'm going to say yes. And you know when you're wondering in your in and of yourself about what you have done, because 
most people also start hearing about this and, and they start feeling guilty. Well, I don't do anything and um, I don't help anyone and, you know, I'm just all about me, me, me. But I'm certain that in your day-to-day there's something even so small that you probably have done to make a difference in somebody's life and that we should all take a moment to just um, honor that, even if you don't remember necessarily, and it doesn't have to be an outward huge thing like throwing yourselves into the slums of Calcutta or going into somebody else, you know, a stranger's house and throwing them a birthday party and bringing on the birthday parade. Um, But something small, even if you're just smiled at somebody passing down the street and you never know if that person coming in had a really bad day and felt like the weight of the world is on their shoulder, that you did something small um, to uplift another person. And when I was reading um, Time, on, Time Magazine online when they were doing their 100 People of the Century and Mother Teresa was one of them, one of the things that they asked was, did she inspire followers, skeptics, and even opponents to larger acts of kindness or greater visions of possibility? And I think what you're doing with birthday wishes is really highlighting the larger acts of kindness and seeing what else is possible when we start when we start local and go on go on this path and um and to me it's really really commendable and when you're talking about um honoring birthdays you know again like to me it just it just strikes a chord because i'm like the queen of of birthday (laughs) the queen of birthday parties so can you talk more about the changes it's made in your own family Sure. I think that um, I'd say the biggest change that it makes is it makes you, every act that you do and and every day that you go through life, it makes you more self-aware of what's going on, um, you know, in the world around us and more appreciative of what the things that you have. Because no matter where we are, one of my kids will look and go, oh, you know, why don't we grab that for birthday wishes? Or, you know, why don't we do this? It just keeps growing and growing. So I would say that... um, the idea of looking outside of yourself, and the uh, and and I think it's an ongoing process. You know, it 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 just makes you appreciate. I brought my son to a birthday party, and and he was a little nervous. It was the first one he went to, and this and this boy is there who probably never would have come to the party, and he sits down with my son, and they're talking the whole time, and they're talking about sports, and the kid says, "Yeah, you know, my son says, well, I play baseball. You know, what do you play?" He goes, "You know, I always wanted to play baseball, but you know, you need to bring your own bat and glove." And my son was so struck by that. He never entered his mind. The kid says, well, I I run track because all you need is sneakers. You know, that that to my child was such such a a rite of passage. You like baseball, that's what you play. But to understand that not everybody can just like something and then do it, that there's a process and that it's not available to everybody else, I think that 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 changes you. That's yeah, that's incredible, and I think that your that your son will probably never ever forget that conversation. No, never. And, he came home. He's yeah. like, "Can we give this? Can we do this?" Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, you know, but kudos also to the other child for finding something that he could do that was within his reach and his and his ability to do. Um, imagine if he didn't have sneakers, how creative he would have to be. Um, to find another to find another sport that didn't require equipment, and certainly 
um, you know, my kids aren't really in, up to the age of doing sports yet, but yeah, it's an, it's an expensive proposition when you're taking them out on a Sunday, um, and you know when you're doing soccer and all the all the equipment and stuff that you need to buy for that, the team jerseys and you know and everything, um, and you know and with budget cuts flashing through. Um, through the economy right now, you know, that stuff is even going to get more pulled back. So um, that's an important outlet for our children to have those social social events and team sports playing. So, you know, I hope it's something that we can get every kid at that. And also I think, you know, you realize how far-reaching it is. You know, we look at sports or the different things our children get involved with, even community service, as a means to creating the, the adult that they're going to become and to channeling them and keeping them focused on doing good things rather than getting into trouble. And these kids having so little and, and being transient and switching schools and, you know, the kid who looks yeah. at me and says, I, I don't know my teacher's name, you know, because it just he just switched into another school, all of these things, it's it's – these are the these are the kids that are our future. So, you know, hoping that they can they can change their circumstances. I mean, a lot of these mothers that that are in the shelters, they didn't have opportunities. That's why they ended up where they are. Right. Well, it doesn't also help when they were listing out um, on the research. You know, the cost of what it takes to to own a home, or even to pay to pay rent versus what the minimum wage. I mean, it's a huge difference. They're saying minimum wage is now seven dollars and fifteen cents. The average wage for renters is twenty one dollars and five cents. The hourly wage needed to afford a two bedroom apartment is twenty three dollars and three cents. So if you're making seven dollars an hour and you have to pay twenty three dollars, you know there there's a huge stopgap there. So um, you know are there are there other services that you know of as far as um, doing loans or you know how else do we help get these these families back on their feet? Well, um, and what you just said also dispels the myth that that a lot of these these people in shelters they are working. You know, they're not right. just sitting there trying to get every hand up they can. They are working, they're trying, but especially a single mother, how does she, you know, find a place to live for her kids at her $7 an hour drive job where she has to, you know, pay child care and, and, and do everything. There's not enough money when you work to do this stuff. Um, Community Housing Innovations, that, um, that, uh, that is the, the program that we service, they have case managers in all their shelters that really help try and get these people back on their feet. Right. Um, so, yeah. So they they definitely it's a process, and I and I think the goal is that they're going to move forward rather than staying stuck. Right. But I mean, one thing that you mentioned, which is always a, a, a cause and concern, is the transient nature of these families. Um, you know, we've we've talked on Mama Mama's Pearls plenty about how a house is just an address, um, but it's when you have. And, you know how many how many different addresses do you think these child go through in like a two year cycle? Yeah, I don't know the answer to it, and I think it it really depends on on the uh, on the family themselves. But it it certainly takes a right. toll on these kids, and it interferes in every part of their life and their development. Right. Um, and then we bring it back to the simple power of making a birthday wish. Um, what what do you think would be the? I mean, have they shared with you any of their their main wishes, or are they just celebrating like the moment? Um, a lot of them do wish for a house. Yeah. You know, it, I was struck with the irony um, around December. We you know we go in with crafts, and you have to be very creative. And we ended up coming up with um, 
a phenomenal, phenomenal craft where, you know, we made gingerbread houses out of graham crackers and, and frosting. But the irony of that, as I watched all of these kids of all ages actually making their dream house <laughs> out of graham crackers, right. Right. And they're very aware of their situation, and most of them will say, you know, I've, I've said to teenagers, so what is it you want? Tell me what you want for your birthday. And they're like, a house, you know. Right. So you have right. some it's, that will wish for all the things little kids wish for, but then you have a lot of them who have seen too much and know that they need to wish for the important things. Right, and that is, a, you know, like I said, it's one of the basic, it's one of the basic necessities that that we all do need, and it is a need. Um, you know, we're we're not, at least in this society, adept to to living out in the wild anymore, and making a home just out of, you know. <laughs> Santa leaves mm-hmm. and twigs on the on the shore of a beach, but it's just um, it's something that um, that I think now probably more than ever with the the mortgage crisis and people losing their homes and turning over to foreclosures and having to to downsize and 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 are feeling very unstable with even where their families are going into their homes. It's something now I think more than ever we're really realizing how how important it is. Um, Many children who have grew up in the same house for 20-some-odd years in their parents' house, um, you probably don't have that awareness that that there is – that there's anywhere else to be, that, that not every family has a house that, you know, their grandpa built and that your family lives in and gets passed down through the generations. And that very simple thing is actually extremely crucial, as you're saying, in providing a stable environment for these not just children but families to, to grow and do their day and, and regroup at, at the end of it and know when you're putting your child down at night that you're putting them down in a safe, stable, stable place. So, um, you know, thank you for bringing that that into the Mama's Pearls awareness about the, you know, the uh, the flip side of the importance of of having a truly rooted and, and grounded and, and stable environment. Thank you for putting the, the message out. And you know, really, you know, the this what this does is it really helps these kids realize that the day that they were born was special, and that therefore they're special, and there are people that care about them even when the world seems to be turning their back on them. Right. And it's again, I'm all about the birthday parties and I I know that most people feel as I do, like when you were younger, your birthday wish that you got once a year was the most powerful wish that you can make. And there are a few wishes that we make that are are really powerful and sacred and that is your birthday wish. Obviously when you wish upon a star and at and at 11:11 and these <laughs> oh. we, you know these are the times where we really feel like our wishes can be granted and will be granted um and one of the, one of the things that I'm saying you know I'm putting out there now is when you're making a wish on your birthday you know you take your you can make two wishes you can make three wishes but your main wish is obviously for yourself cuz it's your birthday and you deserve it and you're the birthday girl or the birthday boy but also to take a, another deep breath and make a wish for the global collective and it can be whatever it is you're feeling um you know I'm not going to tell you what to wish but whatever you're really feeling is just to take into the awareness something on a global global sense outside of yourself 
Um, and even outside outside of your family, I would add, you know, something up really outside of yourself. And um, I wanted to kind of leave this, the substantive part of the segment of Mama's Pearls, and we will continue in a moment with our Come Tell Mama's section, but with some words from Mother Teresa, who says, it is easy to love the people far away. It is not always easy to love those close to us. It is easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved in our own home. Bring love into your home, for this is where our love for each other must start. And um, I just love that quote because I love that quote. It's just, you know, let's just take a moment to to remember the the wonder of, of all mothers and, and Mother Teresa and seeing it as an ex- ultimate expression of love, I feel, is when we celebrate our children's birthdays. And not being able to do for your child even the smallest of ways, um, you know, even if it's just throwing a blanket down and sitting around in a circle and just taking five minutes to honor your child's birthdays is something that we all, um, we all can do. It's in our midst. It's inexpensive. And just granting granting your child the power to have their wishes and to know that there are other people out there and that person could be you who can come in and grant them. And to me, that is the ultimate ultimate role and ultimate true power of being a mother. So, Jamie, thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so anybody that wants that. to get involved can look at our website, which is birthdaywishes.org, or contact me at jamie at birthdaywishes.org. Absolutely. Okay, that that was awesome. Thank okay, you. so now, Jamie, Miss Jamie, we go into our Come Tell Mama segment of Mama's Pearls, which is when I, I close out. I do my closing out the show, and we get to learn some interesting fun facts about you. So, what is your luxury? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Happy birthday! Um, So, what is your luxury indulgence? My luxury indulgence, I would say my bathtub. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. And um, and on the bathtub theme, my friend, my friend Bonnie writes a wonderful blog called Bonnie Park is is this week introducing us all to these new line of soaps which she swears by. So, um, you know, when you're taking your bathtub, uh, definitely get luxurious. Okay, next question. Which of the following would you prefer? The best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? Hmm. I'd love to say A, but I'd probably go for C. Sounds like I you think have every children. mother that you have will say, sleep. <laughs> Especially with two teenage daughters. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. And a so who's driving? Yeah, that adds to it also. Oh my Enjoy God. Enjoy the yeah, little ones. Yeah, <laughs> you're never sleeping, are you? <laughs> well, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody about that recently. It's like when your kids are younger, you're not sleeping because your children are up. But when you when your children are over older, you're not sleeping because you're worrying because your children are you know are out and and up, <laughs> not because they're they're necessarily waking you. It's because you know you're just worried. So sure. who knows what's better? So what is your favorite movie genre? Drama. Com- drama. Awesome. Mm-hmm. In food, do you like sweet or salty? Ooh, a combination of both is the best way to go, but I would have to say sweet. 
chocoholic. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you, you're doing birthday cakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and what, aside from your altruistic nature with doing your organization of birthday wishes and making children's wishes come true, what do you consider your most beautiful feature? I was I, I you know what I, I have to say that that um, it, it it does play into that piece but it's it's my my care and concern of other people you know it, in, not even from the altru- uh, altruistic perspective but just from the kind of person that I am is just you know really caring about others. Awesome, and the best advice that your mama gave you. Hmm. She gave me a lot of good advice. Um. Hmm. The best advice my mother gave me. Um, I guess saying that you find a man who could be your best friend and also finding friends who can complete the circle because no one person can be everything to you, but filling your world up with enough variety of people so that you are stimulated across the board and always have people in your corner that mean a lot to you. That is awesome. We like mama, and a perfect way to to segue off here and to close out with a reminder from Jamie's mom about it does take a village, and the village to care for and support your own world um, includes that of building a communal support for others. So thank you again to you, Jamie. It was a pleasure oh, having you on the show. Me. Good luck to you. Absolutely. And again, Jamie's organization is called Birthday Wishes, and it can be found at www.birthdaywishes.org. And um, look out this week for, well, probably tomorrow, for M's Gems, which again is Melissa's, Melissa's top ten list of the takeaways for Mother Teresa. And now Jamie and I are going to go back to our, our day jobs, and Jamie's going to go save the world one one birthday wish at a time. And again, if you're you're you want to hear rehear this and play it for your friend or you would like to hear any of the past shows at Mama's Pearls, please visit the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash mama's pearls. And I really wanted to thank you and the Mama's Pearls community for sharing this hour with us and I'm I'm here reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, remember to close your eyes and make a really, really special week wish. You can find me on email at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. I'm on Twitter at SynTweet, that's C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. The blog Mamas Pearls can be found at www.MamasPearls.com. And again, just have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you again, Jamie. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. And next week at Mama's Pearls, we are going to be honoring the goddess Aphrodite. That's right, folks. Next week we're going to be doing this. We're going to be having our sex goddess show, and I invite you all to enjoy. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>